The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Miracles in Recovery. My name is Ray. And I'm Ellen. And she's Ellen. And we have a special guest with us tonight. Her name is Erica Tamposi. She is a UNH alumni and a communications major with a film minor. Healing, of course, from New Hampshire. That's where you get the NH and UNH from. She started making short films and videos when she was 10 years old. We're going to have to ask her about that. She also played tennis for UNH and really enjoyed filmmaking. Before she had graduated... She had worked on productions for ESPN, MTV, Lifetime, and Columbia Pictures. She currently works in post-production on the TV show Drunk History and worked on season one of Mr. Robot on USA. Although post is very satisfying, directing is her end goal. She recently finished directing and writing a short film called Extended Release, focused on the drug addiction epidemic that is affecting her hometown as well as many other places in the United States. Extended release is currently in the film circuit and she hopes to finance a feature-length film. Hi, Erica. You know, on, just be, before we get into your extended release film, um, I'd like to find out what, you, what kind of short films and videos you were making when you were 10 years old. Oh, well, they were nothing of merit. I can promise you that. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I remember editing on the VHS where, you you know, you move the knobs and, and you try to cut stuff together back then. Um, but, yeah, no, anytime I could get my hands on a video camera, it would, be, it would be making music videos or stuff like that. I mean, it really was nothing, nothing of importance, but... <laughs> no, but still, <laughs> still I mean, that, you know, you, you found your calling as early as 10. I was doing well to get it to turn on. Right. My my mother yeah. still has, she still watches a VCR and she still calls me up and asks me to reset the uh, the time when the when the power goes out. Oh, yeah. No, I believe it. I mean, hey, I, I still need help sometimes. It's definitely, it's yeah. definitely a different technology. You know, it's always changing. So. so where in New Hampshire are you from? I am from Hollis, which is right outside of Nashua, so southern New Hampshire. Okay, so you're very aware of the rampant addiction oh, that, going on. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm farther removed from the New Hampshire scene now that I'm, I've been out in LA for a little while. Um, but as far as, you know, friends and family back home, um, talking about it, it is just so prevalent back home, especially it seems more, you know, in the Midwest and Northeast more so than, 
than out here. I'm not sure if it's because LA is, you know, a big metropolitan area that they're just, you know, higher kind of drug rates anyways, but it just seems like it's, it's so much more prevalent. And maybe it's just because I'm personally attached to, to people and, and places back home, you know? Um, True. But it just, it is just such a, such an epidemic, you know, really countrywide, worldwide right now. Oh, I definitely agree. And I would say it's pretty bad where we are in South Florida as well. Oh, but, yeah, um, absolutely. I, I found it interesting when you were talking about you don't see it in L.A. because, you know, I'm, I'm in a lot of, of mother of addict groups. And I notice, yeah. just like you said, there are a lot of people in the Midwest, Texas. Um, there are some in California, but not the numbers that you find in some of the smaller towns. And I think it's maybe because, particularly with heroin, uh, though the larger cities are not targeted. Do you think it? Right. Do you think maybe because it's a smaller metropolitan area, it's noticed more, like the news sees it, the community sees it, whereas in a larger city, you don't hear of, like, these horror stories from New York, from Boston, from L.A., right. I mean, Chicago, right. you hear you hear violence, but, you know, you don't right. hear that these smaller metropolitan areas are the ones that seem to vocally speak of how they are affected by it. Well, I think that's because right. black tar heroin dealers target those smaller metropolitan areas rather than the large cities because they've already been overtaken. That, at least that's what I'm finding in a lot of the research and the people that I hear from. I also think, too, it's, it's when you think New York, you think Boston, you think L.A., it doesn't mean that there isn't addiction in these places because, of course, mm-hmm. it's a large amount of people. Um, I mean, you know, and like you said, it's rampant. So th- that's a great word to describe it for me because I think of how much addiction is actually out there and people are addicted to so many different things, especially different substances. And I think, you know, for me, my office right now is in downtown L.A., so I live or I work very close to um, Skid Row. So there's tent cities, there's a lot of drug use, there is a lot of um, homelessness, and all of that stuff is kind of grouped together. And I think it's easy for people to be like, out of sight, out of mind, like, oh yeah, that's Skid Row, of course there's drug issues there. Um, You know, that's just sort of comes with the territory versus if I'm home in New Hampshire and, you know, little Johnny down the street who got straight A's at Hollis Brookline High School and, you know, was homecoming king was, you know, found overdosed in the, in the bath. And that's not, that's not a true story, but that's not, no one I right. know. So, but I'm, so, so let me ask you, what motivated you to make the film? Was it your life back home or was it what you saw on the streets of Los Angeles? You said you lived, I, near, you know, you, you walked through Skid Row and all of that. Was that yeah. was that the yeah. motivating factor? No, not at all. I think it's it's a hundred percent from back home, um, with you know family issues, personal friend issues, and I've had many friends struggle with addiction or people that are currently in my life now that are still struggling. I've been very lucky to have a very supportive um, group of people that I've been surrounded with. So as far as you know, I, I don't have these crazy, you know, horror stories to tell, very personal issues, but I've seen friends go through it with parents or friends go with, through it with boyfriends, girlfriends, stuff like right. that, that I've, I feel very, very connected to. And, and I've been there through and through those processes. 
Um, right. And at the same now, do time, you have when, a, do you have a website for a film or a Facebook page or I do. seeing I where have, seeing we're talking about the film, I'd like to get it out there so people can go to it and maybe watch it while they are listening to the show or yeah, to get an understanding or, of what the after. film is about. Yeah, uh, it's extendedreleasefilm.com. Um, and then you can find us on Facebook at Extended Release or Twitter at Extended Release Film. And we like to post updates and, and current stuff like that, uh, which is very exciting. And uh, we don't have the link to the film out yet because we haven't been broadcasting it publicly yet because it's in the festival circuit. But if people contact us directly or through your website, through you know something specific like this, we will share the film. Do you notice the hits on it? Like, have you looked over the last week or so and seen if the yeah, viewer rate yeah, has it, gone up? It has. It has. Um, and like I said, it's, it's very, very minuscule to see because of the numbers are so small because I haven't been broadcasting it publicly. Um, but uh-huh. it's very interesting. I know we, we funded this film through Kickstarter. Uh, so we have backers that I send out messages to and they're involved in, in the filmmaking process because, you know, they were helped. They helped fund the, the film. Right. Um, and so I remember if you pledged $100 or more, you got early access to see the film. And so it actually wasn't until a couple of weeks ago that I sent out the film to the $100 and up backers. Uh, and it, even that was really cool to watch the views go from 20 to, you know, 40 or 50, um, which it's such a small number because we're not, we're not pushing it publicly whatsoever. Well, I think the timing is really perfect. For this type of film, yeah. what were what were you hoping to accomplish with this film? You know, my love for filmmaking is something that I, you know, wake up for my passion in the morning, and I'm I'm very very happy. But I have this story that I like to tell. This little anecdote is I was in college. I was a freshman. I was 18, and I was talking about making films, and I just made some, you know, funny uh, short film with my friends on you know one of my my low budget cameras. And this girl in one of my classes uh, asked me, she goes, Erica, what, what do you want to accomplish with your filmmaking? Like, what's your message? And I was like, what do you mean, what's my message? I like making films and having fun. Like, I'm a jokester. <laughs> like, this is great. Um, you know, I was class clown in high school. I think I'm, I think I'm funny. People are going to like my films. <laughs> but, you know, that really got to me when she was like, yeah, but what do you, what do you want to do with your film, with your filmmaking? And I was like, you know what? Like, what is my angle? What is my message? And when I came up with this film, I was sleeping on an air mattress at my cousin's house uh, in Southern California about an hour and a half without traffic (laughs) to L.A. before I found a place. And um, I was just, you know, up all night thinking about something. And for me, addiction is super, super, super important. And I think that making a film by doing something I love by filmmaking but also having a message that I'm so passionate about would just open up discussion. I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of documentaries, there's radio shows like we're doing right now, there's a lot of stuff, but I also think that with the, with the art as a medium, we can totally get through to different levels of people that you might not have been able to reach previously. True. How long did it take you to make the film? Ooh, well, it took me about a year to write it, and I mean, I wrote it, and, you know, constantly going back and rewriting, sending it to friends, sending it to industry professionals. What do you think? And then I did a Kickstarter, which was 30 days. 
um, and that 30 days was all or nothing. So I set a goal of $15,000. And if I didn't raise $15,000, it would all be gone. So we could have $14,500. And when that last minute hit of the 30 days, if we didn't have 15, it was gone. Um, so that was like the craziest stressful 30 days of my life, not sleeping, doing, doing, you know, interviews, reaching out to press, especially back home, you know, because I'm trying to, I'm a young student from New Hampshire, you know, kind of support me out here. And, and, you know, that's a very humbling experience to go out and ask people, A, if I know you, I'm putting you on the spot, you know, <laughs> by association, you know, here's my page, here's my, my thing. Do you believe in me? Like, let, let's go show it. <laughs> you know, now, did course, you have any, did you have any, like you said, for Kickstarter, did you have anything in production already or were you just nope, hoping it was, that? It was literally you- my script. And, it, and at that point I had held a few castings and I pretended to be a student um, still and signed up for the student casting session, basically, which means they give you the casting room for free if you're doing it for student films. So I totally lied (laughs) and did it for free and was at a casting studio and I went through three or four casting sessions. So we went through probably a hundred actors. Once I got my actors on board, I was like, okay, I'm going to pay you, you know, cause you're working actors, but I don't have the money yet. So just like, bear with me, let's shoot this, or we shoot a trailer or we do this and that. Um, and luckily my cast were just a, an amazing group of people, super talented and really, you know, passionate about this project as well. And, um, they were all on board and they were helping me with Kickstarter announcements and stuff like that. And we raised this, we raised over $15,000 in 30 days. Nice, oh, nice. Yeah. So how is so how has it been received by the people that you, that have given you money and you're showing it to them? Like, were I they think, thinking that they probably didn't give you enough? <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I I am so grateful and so humbled by that experience. And it's funny because everyone out here in LA, I'd be like, they're like, oh, what are you? When are you going to do your next film? And I was like, oh, I need to, you know, give, a, give it a minute and find, you know, someone that wants to back it as a producer or something like right. that. And they're like, no, you need to do another Kickstarter. It's L.A. And I was like, I will never do that again. Like, I, it's just, it's so tedious and you have to put people, you know, you have to ask people to share it or comment or like it. And, and it's just, you know, no one wants to be hit up, especially for something that they might not feel like they're getting something in return. It's not a charity. It's not a, it's, it's basically asking someone to pitch in to help make a film and and normally you know it's just a normal film luckily i had the addiction sort of play on it which people felt more compelled to sort of want to get that message out which really helped with funding and i think it helped maybe that i was so passionate about it that you know people knew that this is something that i really really wanted to do not necessarily just the film but the message Um, and it's been uh, been received really well okay where do you see where do you see it going from here? Are you looking at expanding on on this particular topic? Um, yes. How how yes. do you see yourself moving forward with this? Because I think you know, I, and I I personally watched it, and I think the way that you handled it with the you know, as we talked about in the beginning, Skid Row. This is non Skid Row. This is normal all American kids that just kind of get pulled into this, and you know, really awful things can happen. So right. do you have do you have a plan you know do you see it going forward are you going to branch out I'm real curious as to what you're what you're going to do Yeah absolutely I mean this story is 
is very, very close to my heart. I mean, it's, it's a passion project. It's a subject I'm passionate about and the story itself. And, and normally with short films, they're, this is even considered long. It's about 19 minutes. And uh, a short film is normally between 8 and 10 because it's the, the art of a short film is a, a mini piece of a story that tells a story, but not necessarily a mini movie. And, and to, to my, I don't want to say unfortunately, but I think the way I shot Extended Release is like a mini movie. So when you watch it, you have your beginning, middle, and end, your kind of character arcs. And my plan was to try to sell it to make it a feature, a full-length film, you know, a film that you would see in the movie theater or for distribution, um, you know, on a Netflix, Hulu, something like that. Um, And in order to do that, you need, you know, the funds to be able to do that. And for me, I think that the story is so important and there's so much to be gathered from a narrative like this that it would really do a lot of good and make, make an impact. And I think that the, the majority of people that watch extended release kind of sit there for a second when it ends. Yeah, you know, because yeah, that, that's what it that's what it did to me as well. And we're gonna, you know, on the other side of the break, we're we're coming up close to a break. What we're going to do is we're going to break down the film, and uh, you know, for the benefit of the people that have watched it, and mm-hmm. or even who haven't watched it, and you know, we'll get into the cast and the characters and what you were thinking about during, you know, the time of directing it and um you know there is there is one question i have though um Mm -hmm. on one of the in one of the scenes there's a torch and the name sheldon black is on it is that like a common name for a torch or i mean because i I saw it on the tube right i think that's just the name of the uh company that makes them Oh, okay. I didn't know if yeah, that was yeah, yeah. if you put that on there, and that was a friend of yours, and you were giving them like a subliminal. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I know. Okay. That would have been great. Yeah. See, here I am setting you up for your next yeah, film. Yeah. <laughs> for no, for the feature, for the feature, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> were you in it? Uh, I was at one point, but the scene got cut, and uh, you're better <laughs> off. You're better off for it. I promise. <laughs> you were that good, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't want to blow away the other actors. I didn't want to take away from them, so <laughs> took, yeah, the took me right out. Great. They really yeah. were. Yeah, they were. They look like uh, they look like my kids. Look like every kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it, it happens, and and it happens to to anybody, and it it doesn't it doesn't uh, segregate, you know, or discriminate okay. against. No discrimination. You know, the great leveler. It doesn't. Right. Not at all. We are speaking with Erica Tamposi, the producer, director of the short film Extended Release. If you haven't had a chance to see it as of yet, please go to our Facebook page, Miracles and Recovery Facebook page, or even the Extended Release Facebook page, and click on the link. It is held on a private site, so you will need the password. It's okay if I give it away, right? Yes. Okay, it's capital X-R. And I'm saying R trying to, like, force it out because I usually say, ah. Yeah, you Northeasterners don't say (laughs) R. Please leave your feedback as well on the page, and we'll make sure that Erica gets your comments. We'll be back in the next segment with more exciting talk about her accomplishments and possible endeavors in the future with film and studio. 
your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The root causes of disease can be better prevented and cured using an integration of modern medicine and holistic healing techniques. Become educated by tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does have its place, but it should not be the only course of action. It's all about regenerating and healing our whole selves through better choices in lifestyle, foods, spiritual connection, and stress management. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is a distinct connection between your physical health and your spiritual health. You would be surprised at how closely the two go hand in hand. By taking care of your body, you take care of your spirit. And it works the other way, too. Honor God with what He gave you. Listen for the Divine Wellness Academy radio program with Troy Izmir. Tune in live every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. And be inspired to use your body for God's glory. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Miracles in Recovery. Please visit our Twitter at 855-STOP-USING. That's at 855-STOP-USING. Or our Facebook page, Miracles in Recovery. Also, you can send me an email at ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Let us know what topics you would like to hear on upcoming shows. And if you or your organization would like to be a featured guest on the show, please send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. And we'll send you an information packet on how to schedule a time for you to be on the show for the full hour so that we can focus on what you have to bring to the recovery community. We're speaking with Erica Tamposi, the producer and director of the short film Extended Release. We're going to try to break down the film a little bit and speak about the cast members and what she was seeing while she was doing that. But we do have a caller on the line. His name is George. Hi, George. Are you there? Hi, Ray. How are you? Fantastic. How are you? I'm great. You know, when I saw that film, it really speaks to me because it helped me understand that we really need to have a dialogue when it comes to recovery because it's not happening right now and so many lives are being lost. And it's really important, too, that we start looking at, you know, evidence-based treatment to help people you know, cure their addiction, be able to get on with their lives. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I finally was able to take care of the underlying causes of my addiction, which was the depression and, and trauma, uh, I never thought about using ever again. And when I looked at that film, it was such a difference to me because I know that in the past in my addiction, I would have been triggered. But when I looked at it, I was like, wow, these people, those characters in that movie, it's obvious that they had issues with trauma, self-esteem, uh, boundaries, and, you know, getting somebody to really help them uh, professionally with, uh, I would say, a synergistic approach to treatment, such as um, talk therapy, um, yoga, body work, uh, and medication uh, is really key to helping people not have to fear uh, addiction and to know that, you know, we can't tell people, well, you know what, if somebody offers you something, just say no, because that doesn't work. No, I mean, it, it even showed, it, you know, she even touched on that in the film. He, uh, mm-hmm. Tim, I think, was his name? Tim, yeah. Tim told yeah. Brendan, I told you no. And, you know, the for me, when I heard uh-huh. that, I told you no. I said that I don't know how many times and still chose to pick up. Erica, was that uh-huh. something that you had you had experienced where you knew to put that in the film or? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it's a very natural course of, of discussion with, with dealing with someone that has addiction. I mean, we've all we've all seen someone try to say no, but they don't they don't say no. Right. Well, and often the consequences are so horrific, and they still don't say no. I'm kind of dealing with a situation like that in my family now. It's like, what does it take to make you see that you just can't do this? And I and I guess maybe some people never do see it, and that's that's what happens. You know, you know, the end of your film is exactly what happens. Well, maybe what we should do is what, what we should do is have George come on and speak about his ideas of recovery and we can probably delve into that on the show that he comes on on because you you seem George to have a a good understanding of recovering or being recovered and um, well right you know it's like um, I had gone to rehabs right didn't work and I did 12 step didn't work and then I remember this one gentleman at this one uh, facility, and he would look at me and go, you just have to ask yourself, do you really want to stop using? And what I have to say now in hindsight is that's the wrong question to ask people. What people really need to do is say, okay, let's look at what you're trying to run away from that is causing you to pick up over and over again so that you don't have to feel your feelings. And by that... Again, when you say, like, some people, you know, why don't they, they get it even though the consequences are horrific? It's because their brain chemistry isn't balanced. And so they can't right. just sit there and say, oh, you know what? This is not rational. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to avoid it because then my life will be better. And I try to get across to people that is so key. Like I said, when my depression went away... I, I don't even think of using. I think I mentioned that when I looked at the film, I wasn't triggered by anything because I understand so well the pain that's underneath it and the pain that has to be healed. Right, right. Well, absolutely. I mean, he has the loss of his friend, and throughout the film you're thinking he's he's 
you know, getting better. He's making a bigger effort. He's not using as much because he's with Peyton, uh-huh. but, but that, that wasn't enough. And sometimes just support isn't enough, like you're right, because there is this trauma. There is a lot behind uh-huh. the scenes that people aren't talking about. Well, and he, right. and he was he was going through therapy. He was doing a lot of talk therapy, and and he just really wasn't engaged all the way. At least that's the way exactly. it, it came across to me. You know, I'll mm-hmm. go because I sort of have to. And I think yeah, maybe I mean, a lot of people do that with the twelve step groups too. You know, not that I mm-hmm. want to bash them. I'm I'm a twelve stepper myself, but um, mm-hmm. it doesn't work for everybody. Right. You know, and and it, you know, one size doesn't fit all. We say that all the time. Well, I think what we're going to do is we're going to get back to speaking of the film and like how what she was thinking about when she made it and how she came into all of these different little synopsises of of making the film. So what we can do, George, is what I'll do is Mm -hmm. I'll contact you and we can put a show together with you as the featured guest and um, we can do that very soon. Sounds perfect. I'm looking forward to it. And the film was awesome. So um, thank you for thank letting you. me comment on that. Great. Awesome. Thank Thanks for the call, George. Appreciate it. All right. Take care, everybody. Thank Bye. you. Bye, George. Now, one of the things I did see, and, and it's funny because, like, you know, I was speaking about, you know, George had said the word triggers. And there were mm-hmm. things in the film that I don't necessarily call them triggers, but they're awarenesses. And one of them that I saw or heard was when Tim was ultimately in the first scene sitting on the couch with the doctor. Was it Dr. Howard's? Howard? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, Tim says he's from New Hampshire. And the doctor replies back to him, I've been to Boston. Did you intentionally mm-hmm. put that in there because you hear that all the time? Because I do myself. I say, oh, I'm from New Bedford, Massachusetts. And people go, Oh, yeah, I've been to Boston. Well, that's not where I said I was from. Well, heck, if I right, hadn't been up right. there, I wouldn't have even known they were adjacent. Exactly. I mean, uh, that was more, the way I wrote that was more to just show his irritability and how, you know, he really just didn't want to be there. And he, like you said, uh, he was there because he, he had to be. And, um, you know, he kind of snaps at her, like, you obviously haven't been to New Hampshire if you're saying it's from Boston, um, right. if you're talking about Boston. So, so that was more of a more of a syntax way of of him kind of attacking her, and you kind of see her internalize like, okay, he doesn't want to do small talk. Like, let's get down to business. So, what what is your next step? You know, as far as, next, as expanding. Yeah, I'm, I'm really um, I'm really into this being a franchise now. <laughs> well, hey, I'm. No, I'm I think it's that. I think it's. Fabulous. I am quite sure that somebody's mother will look at that and say, that was my child. Oh, yeah. More than somebody's mother. I'm sure my mother could look at it and relate to it, even though my drug of choice was heroin and theirs was whatever they were doing. Right. I mean, they were doing a lot. They were they were mixing a ton of things, which is which is is horrible in itself. And it does happen. Exactly. I mean. Some people are not just addicted to one thing, they're just addicted to the high, which, you know, sometimes, you know, materializes itself in different ways. Um, But as far as the next step is, next week is Thursday, uh, the 29th at 1 o'clock. I'm flying from L.A. to New York because I'll be at the Real Recovery Film Festival. And it's all about celebrating recovery in the arts, which is such a cool, amazing program. 
um, and they have a whole week-long thing. I think it actually starts this Wednesday and goes until next Sunday, and it's all, you know, they have question and answers with, with uh, authors about recovery, people that have suffered from addiction, filmmakers, um, basically all, all of the art. Um, and so and where, in, where in New York is it? It is in Cinema Village. Um, okay. I should probably know more about that. But, um, well, I mean, it, that's it just, is, just for the people that are listening yeah, in, in the New York Yeah, absolutely. Real area. Recovery Film Festival. And we will be posting more information and where you can get tickets on our website um, or in Facebook, Extended Release Film. Okay, com. great. Make sure you share that with me so that people know where you're yeah, going. Yeah, absolutely. And there's there also is the L.A version of that same festival later in October. So that's really exciting. Um, and as far as moving forward, I'm really, I really, really want to make this a feature film. I think it's got a ton of characters that could really build into something because, you know, in oh, 19 absolutely. minutes, oh, yeah. it's hard to get attached. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because, you know, when I was watching it, be, you know, living the life and, and seeing the short little clips, I was saying, you know, wow, that could be broadened out. That could be broadened out. That, I mean, she could make this an hour and a half like that. No, not a problem. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, and and, and the, the two guys honestly remind me of my son and one of his friends. I can, right. I can just, I can see that interaction. I can see them acting that way so easily. That's why I said, right. you know, Somebody's mother, lots of somebody's mothers are going to see this and, and see their children. And, you know, it's chilling and frightening, but it, I'm also very thankful that you've taken the time and the, and the obviously huge effort that went into this right. to do it. Right. And, you know, there, there are a lot of rallies and, and, you know, advocacy groups that might be interested in, in working with you as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think for me, it was really important to take a cinematic approach um, because that what's, that's what speaks to me the most. And, and for me and for people that I know that have struggled with addiction themselves watching my film, they literally said this made me hold my breath for it felt like forever when this ended. And so I now once you... The, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No. Once you have it um, premiered, and mm-hmm. you have it out. You have it out there. Can you send me a uh, DVD of it? Because Absolutely. I know Absolutely. that we also have a lot of uh, recovery film festivals. There's one. There was one in Fort Lauderdale just recently. I think it was like the beginning of September because September is Recovery Month, Recovery Awareness right. Month. Right. Um, so that that way I have it, so I can make sure that I get it out to people so they see it. So maybe ultimately in the future when you're saying, hey, I want to expand this, there are people that are immediately embracing it. You don't have to right, sweat, right, sweat the clock. <laughs> yes. So now these cast yeah. members, Tim, Brendan, Peyton, Dr. Howard. Right. Right. Are they people that you know or were these actors that you got from an agency? Yep. These are all actors that, that came from managers and agents and casting rooms. Um, it was an amazing experience. We held a bunch of castings, um, and it took me a really long time to find Tim and Brendan. When I, when, when Jarrett, who plays Brendan auditioned, Mm -hmm. I looked at a couple of the friends that were with me, producers, and I was like, he's Brendan, no questions asked, unsold. I don't want to see anyone else. 
Um, but for Tim, there were a lot of people playing Tim's role in the auditions, just the way that it, it just wasn't speaking to me. It just did not feel right. Um, either too edgy or trying to be too cool or trying to almost glorify the sort yeah, of yeah. drug use. And, and the way Ben plays Tim is you just love him. He's innocent. He's sweet. He's a genuine kid deep down. And I think that's what I wanted someone to portray is that he is sensitive. He is empathetic. He is sweet, but he's struggling with something much bigger than himself. Right, and you can see it in his eyes too. I mean, he did a, right. he did an excellent job of showing the sorrow in his in his even just being the, the uneasiness of being on the couch with the doctor. I sat there and I could relate to him because I have been in that position, and right. I could see in his face my face because my reaction was the same as him. Like I don't want to be here. Yeah, my, someone forced you to was go. Off. Yeah, right. And, and I, I really like that we picked some of these really long shots, especially in the therapist's office, you know, these wide angles where you can feel the distance. And it's like the camera hangs on them a little longer than you want it to because you're uncomfortable. You can feel how uncomfortable both of them are. Mm-hmm. Both of them don't want to be there. I mean, Dr. Howard wants to help him, but at the same time, she's trying to make small talk. And it's clear that Tim wants nothing to do with her. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and I think, I think, you know, and, they, I'm sure, go through that every single new client that comes in the door, and especially, right. especially the ones that are shut down, and and you almost ultimately have to be shut down to be going into that environment for, you know, help anyway. So they must deal with that all the time, and I'm sure they must have, you know, in real life have a shield. You did show exactly. that with her trying to be you know, small talkish and he wasn't having it and she went, okay, well, we're going right to business here. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, I think, I think a lot of people that are even in that spot, like you just said, it's not even the first time. So it's like, I've been down this route before. What are you going to do differently? I mean, you don't even know where the hell I'm from. You know, you're telling right. me that I'm, right. that I'm from Boston, you know? So I think it's, I think it's pretty cool that my actors were, they were just so phenomenal. I cannot say enough about them. Um, Ben, who, who played Tim is actually coming out in a movie with Matthew McConaughey that comes out on Christmas day in theaters across the U S. So wonderful. Him and the talent that, that I had in this film is, was just amazing. Do any of them have a a passion or a heart for helping people with addiction? They do. Um, I think their passion is their art of, of filmmaking. Um, but Jarrett Ricker, who's one of the producers as well, who played Brendan, really, really took this project on personally. I mean, he was more than an actor. He was a producer. He helped me rework the script a bunch of times. I mean, me and him were putting the set together. It takes a lot of work to make it look like they're in a, a you know, a hellhole in, the, in downtown. Um, so we <laughs> oh, were there I'm, at 4 a.m. Sure. Yeah, you know, we were there at 4 a.m. making it look as dirty as possible. And, you know, everything was put in the specific spot that it needed to be in. And, and especially Jarrett took this really kind of, by the, you know, the we're, bull by the horns, and, and we really, you know, spent a lot we're of coming time up, with it. We're coming up on a break. We're speaking with Erica Tamposi, the producer-director of the short film Extended Release. If you haven't had a chance to see it as of yet, please go to our Facebook page and click on the link. It's held on a private site, so you will need the password, which is capital XR. Please leave your comments, and we will get them to Erica. We'll be back in a moment.
your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Miracles in Recovery. We're speaking with Erica Tamposi, producer and director of his short film, Extended Release. Phone lines are open. Dial 866 866- 472-5792 if you have any questions for Erica or want to comment on the film if you have watched it. Erica, have you won any awards for the film? Like, is it out there enough to be able to be winning awards yet? Nothing crazy um, yet. Um, I won an award of merit from the Best Short Film Competition, which is a circuit of short films. Uh, I will be submitting to a bunch of others and just trying to just trying to get it out there. I mean, I it would be great, and I'm so thankful and humbled by them. But my main priority is to just get it out and get as many eyes on it as possible to to talk about this epidemic. I think the conversation is what really needs to be happening. Right now, about you said about the eyes on the film. What yeah. has been your common feedback? Like, have you heard any? negative feedback, like people saying that's a little bit too invasive, like into the realm of recovery because people are living that through the eyes of their child? 
Um, I haven't really received that. I'm sure that I will once it does go public and once a lot more people see it because, you know, it, it is a very sensitive and, you know, we use yeah. the word trigger already. It, it, is a, it is a triggering sort of film, you know, and there are that. As far as feedback, I think the worst feedback I've gotten on a film standpoint has been it's not edgy enough. Like you needed to be even darker with it um, for you. <laughs> no, to I, I disagree with that. So do yeah. I. <laughs> I disagree with that. Totally. I think it, it's perfect the way it is. And, you know, it's funny. We were chatting during the break and I have to ask you, so everybody hears this. How old are you? I am 24 years old. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Isn't that absolutely amazing? Such an articulate, talented person. But I she's already a veteran. She's away. been at it. She's been at it for fourteen years. She started well, when that's she was true. ten. She started when she was well, ten. yeah, ten. I'm <laughs> a Windows movie maker. <laughs> well, but I can I can feel your your energy and your passion and your enthusiasm, and I just I think that's absolutely wonderful. I'm oh. curious though. Um, did you attend any 12-step meetings like a Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, or even an Al-Anon or a Nor-Anon just to get a feel I, for the discussion and the, you know, how people feel and things that go on? I haven't in the flesh. I have um, family members that have gone and talked about it, and um, a couple of my cousins have some more experience with that, and they actually are opening a sober living um, relatively soon. That's kind of on their pipeline of of goals. So I think Mm. we're definitely very into, um, you know, working together and trying to find this sort of balance of of solving addiction, but also helping people with recovery. Um, And I wrote another screenplay that turned into this film, and it was about sort of 12 steps. So I was reading a lot about it because I was writing that dialogue in the 12 step. And I never ended up actually going to a program, but I wanted to for research for that, you know, dialogue scene. Which was oh, that's incredible that you, that's incredible that you put, you laid this out and got to get, you know, in depth with it without even having, um, real life stories to go by, you know, and, and I'm right. sure you have real life stories you can base it on your friends and family. But right. when you're sitting in a room, a twelve step recovery room and people are sharing their um experience, strength and hope, it hits home a little bit more personal. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I and I am not an addict, but I do attend the open AA and NA meetings just so that I'll understand the disease better than I do, you know, and, right. and as best I can, not being someone who's, who's addicted. And also, if, you know, if you want to get the family perspective, go to a, go to a nor or an Al-Anon meeting. Those, right, those will blow you away as well. Right. As we always say, it's a, it. you know, the disease is a family disease. It, it affects the addict one way, but it, you know, the whole family is also very, very deeply negatively affected by it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's so personal, and it's not just for the, the someone that's struggling. I mean, it it, it just totally takes over um, any relationship you have. It does. It, it, I, I always say it infects the family. Not absolutely. affect, but infect. It turns into like yeah. a, this terrible infection that, you know, and it's very, it's very hard to manage because, uh, you know, right. I'm not someone who believes that you can ever cure addiction. I think you manage it. Right. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because 
I I heard today or was it today or yesterday um, about somebody who was sharing that you never really hit a bottom. You hit a saturation point because my bottom, you know, I was down in a deep, dark, black hole yelling for help and somebody threw me a shovel and I started digging deeper. So yeah. my, there was no, there is no rock to my bottom. There was a, there right. was a saturation point. Sadly, Brendan's saturation point was death in this film. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and I wanted, I wanted it to not be the Hollywood ending, you know, throughout that film, you're thinking, you know, Peyton got to him. He was finally the, the, the pitch that was going to, that was going to take, take him, you know, help him or the friendship. And, you know, he, it's not glorified. It's not glamorized. It's not, you know, this is everyday life and this happens. Yeah, and it and looked like happen. exactly how it probably happens. You know, just, I know a lot right. of moms that have lost kids that way and, and, you know, the needle in the arm and all of that. And I was very sad at the ending. I can't tell you how heartbroken I was, but it was perfect. It was just perfect. Right. I so, wish he could have lived, but I, I know, you know, to prove the point, that was the perfect way to end it. Right. right. And sadly, you know, we, we, we look at film and, you know, you say, I wish he would have lived. And my mind went to, you know, I understood what the point you were bringing it to. I've lost so many hundreds of friends that I had to process, but he's an actor and he got up and walked away. Right, um, right. In real, re- in real addiction, people don't get up and walk away. And sadly, you know, you brought that to reality. I had to force myself to process too, but he's an actor and got up and walked away because I've lost so many friends due to active addiction, secondary illnesses, or even things that had, like, they were driving around out of their mind, and he didn't even know he stopped and talked to the girl. I don't know how many times I did that, and ultimately I'm sitting here to say, shame on me, but I'm alive. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah, so with the the cast, are they going to go to any of these real uh, film... Recovery. Um, they will definitely be in LA for any screenings that happen in LA. Um, like I said, unfortunately, it was a very, very, very low budget um, film. If I had the resources to fly them with me to, you know, New York or New England when I get around there to be showing the film, I would, I would love to. Um, they because they have such a different take on it as as actors, but at the same time, they really took on their part. And even though it's such a short film, they really, I mean, we, we just have the best relationship and they're so talented at what they do. Um, I think it's, it's really cool to look at someone that got up and walked away as an actor, but still have this connection with them because of something you've gone through personally. Oh, yeah. Tell, right. tell them my heart was broken. My heart was broken at the end. Right. It really right. was. Well, and I think, you know, I'm I would, I guess that's what you want. <laughs> right. Right. So now you, you'll have to come back and let us know when the film is public um, what Absolutely. the response is or how, you, how the response has been at all of these recovery film festivals that you're going to. And also just right. 
the you know the 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 general consensus of of where do you go from here with it? Like, do you make this thing larger? Do you use the same actors for something different than you know what you're looking for now? Or you know you just need to come back and let us know what's going on with how this is progressing in Erica's film career. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I mean, for for listeners out there, anyone that has suggestions or ideas or, you know, I've done stuff where I've gone to or I've tried to set up meetings at recovery centers, um, you know, with my camera and, and we do a lot of behind the scenes filming stuff on our on our Twitter Twitter, we tweet things out. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> we tweet things out <laughs> of little videos that we're saying uh, or doing and trying to be active in that. Um, and I mean, Jarrett and I have even talked about starting an after-school program uh, for nice. kids in inner-city uh, schools that focus on film, but you know, take away from them not having anything to do after school, which could lead to getting into trouble, to developing addiction, you know, or parents that are struggling with addiction that they're coming home and witnessing that, or they can come and turn that into the arts somehow. Oh, and, and um, some kind of a documentary as well would just be fabulous. Absolutely, absolutely. Special twist on it because there there are a lot of people out there who have really interesting and horrific stories that I think need to be told. Absolutely, and that's why you know I said it before and I'll say it again that it was so important for me to do it like a narrative like this because you separate yourself and it's not just a documentary or a or an educational video where they're spinning facts at you and you're like oh I've heard this all before that's not going to stop me from using. You know, but with with this, you sit back and you really kind of absorb these characters and you feel for them and you and you are heartbroken at the end. And someone, you know, that struggled with addiction has watched my film and said, Erica, I didn't breathe for two minutes after that film. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah and, there was a and, point in there where I, you know, went, oh, okay, I'm supposed to breathe. And, I, you know, you subconsciously aren't breathing because you're focused on what's going on on the screen. Right, and, and I think it's a very so effective them, way of, you know, you want him to see, you want him to see, and he doesn't, and that's just right. so real life, that's just right. the way, you know, that's the way it is. Right, you know, you want to scream, wake up, like, look at look at what's going on, look what's going on around you, look at how this is affecting other people, look how it's affecting you, and, exactly. you know, sometimes it's not enough, and that's that's horrific and scary, and it could be anyone. Okay, I'd like to thank you for coming on. We're getting close to wrapping up here. I'd like to thank Erica Tamposi for coming on and sharing her experience, strength, and hope with extended release. If you haven't had a chance to see it as of yet, go to our Facebook page and click on the link. It'll get, It's a private site, so you need a password, which is capital XR. Please leave your feedback on the page after, and we'll make sure that we get it to Erica. And I wish you the best in your quest in getting this film to where it's supposed to be. I mean, right now, it's where it's supposed to be, but if you want to grow it, you have something that can shine. Oh, I well, see big you. things in your future. You're going to do oh. very, very well. Thank you, Erica, thank you so for much. being on the show. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, and that's a wrap for Miracles in Recovery. We will talk to you next week. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. 
Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.